welcome to Architecture Talk Tongue. I am Sara Colada, an architect and organizer of the Disrupt Symposium, the first of its kind business of architecture event, bringing to stage major architecture practices to cover topics related to entrepreneurship and practice operations within the AEC industry. I am an architecture business development consultant and my goal is to raise the financial well-being of architects through effortless business growth. Each podcast episode features an expert or thought leader from the AEC industry who shares their journey, challenges and advice. Now, let's dive into this episode and welcome our guest for an exclusive interview. Hello, everybody. This is Sarah Corato of Architecture Talk Tongue. Today, I've got I've got an exciting guest, Thomas Roundtree, who is a British student in architecture, and he studied his part one, and now he's getting into part two, which is really exciting. Um, and he's got a YouTube channel and a podcast as well, where he's talking a lot, sharing a lot of his journeys through his student years and sort of like a personal diary. Um, so I'm excited to find out a little bit more about you, Thomas, but maybe let's just get a, like a proper introduction. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So my name is Thomas Rancher. Thank you for inviting me, by the way. This is a, this is a privilege. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'm a part one architecture assistant working for a practice located in London. Um, I actually haven't been to the office yet, so I've been working remotely, which is obviously an interesting and a bit of a strange one. Um, I graduated from my BA Honours Architecture degree last year in June 2020 in the midst of the pandemic um, from the Birmingham School of Architecture and Design. And like Sarah mentioned, um, I have my own YouTube channel, which essentially showcases the behind the scenes work that goes into architecture um, and kind of the lifestyle of a practicing architect. And I, I try and be quite open and honest about my experiences to, I guess, provide a bit of relatability to students because I don't think there's many people out there that have been quite open and honest about their experiences. So I wanted to kind of slip down that road to be as open as possible so people can really benefit from my um, my content. And yeah, that's me. That's amazing. And like you mentioned, not many people are creating content, um, but I think is that there's a huge need for that because sometimes it helps to put into, like our experiences into perspective and realize that certain things are not just happening to us or the stresses are greater than our own little experience of being a student or even working in practice and generally being involved with architecture. So I think that um, like the power of content creators to be like content creating is to basically reflect back on your experience from um, as you follow, you know, the life of, of the people that are basically sharing um, there are stories online. So tell me, how did this all start? Like, where did it begin? When was the first thought that you, you know, like you just said, okay, I'm going to start a YouTube channel or a podcast. It's interesting because, um, it, it probably started about almost four years ago now. Um, I've always been into my photography and I've been quite a creative person. Architecture was something I always wanted to do. And from a very young age, I knew that was what I wanted to go into. And so during sixth form, I guess it was, for me, it got to the point where I was hunting for something extra to do and looking for an extra hobby. And I think I kind of tumbled across doing YouTube and making videos because I was so interested in photography. And like every time I used to go on holiday, I used to go on walks. Me and my mate used to go and take a camera and take photos of pretty much everything that the leaves on the floor, the little drop, water drop or raindrop on the floor, everything, we take pictures of everything. And so it got to the point where I thought, why don't I just start filming things and, and create these kind of short um, compilations of, of my experiences going on holiday or going on these walks. And so eventually it was actually my sister's 21st birthday um, and we went to London and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm going to film the experience. It'll be something to document. Um, we can, we can look back and we can say exactly what we did on my sister's 21st birthday. And so I decided to film that kind of experience and that journey and just spending time with the family. Um, and then I got home and I edited the video and I thought, you know what, I've got nowhere to put this, so I might as well just upload it to YouTube. Um, so I uploaded it to YouTube and I guess that's where it started. I've always been, I guess, interested in YouTubers and I've always had a passion for YouTube. And there's a lot of YouTubers that I kind of look up to. 
And so I thought when I uploaded this video, I just thought it was a bit fun and just an extra, I guess, hobby for me. And it kind of spiraled very quickly into kind of scheduled content and creating things um, where I'd actually showcase a lot of my life and I'd be filming daily. Um, and it was interesting because at that time it was, it was predominantly fitness based and I was very interested in my bodybuilding and keeping fit and my, my healthy eating, my dieting and all those kinds of things. And that is what was really interesting to me at, at that period of time. So I wanted to share those experiences and that lifestyle. Um, and it kind of, as I, as it grew, I gained a couple of thousand subscribers and, um, I started university and studying architecture and obviously going into architecture, architecture school, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And obviously trying to balance YouTube and studying is, is difficult to say, to say the least. I, I can, I can imagine a lot of people can probably relate to that. And eventually I just started filming architecture content because that is essentially what was consuming my life at that period of time. I'd go to studio and I'd just pick up the camera and I just just film a couple of bits. And then eventually I put together an architecture video for my YouTube, which actually did really well. And it's actually now, so my first architecture video that I did is now my most viewed video on YouTube. And it's got something like 250,000 views, which is crazy for my first kind of architecture video. And from that point, when that video got so many views, it kind of opened my eyes up to think, are people looking for this type of content? Is this, is this what people want? The kind of vlogging architecture style things. And I kind of, I guess I didn't disregard it, but it was in the, the kind of back of my mind. I thought, no, I'll just continue my fitness stuff and just see where it gets me. Probably a year later, I made two or three architecture videos that did really well. And I was just still really focused on my kind of fitness. And then eventually, obviously as architecture, began to kind of take over my life and it became the forefront of everything that I was doing. My content obviously reflected that and my content that showcases my lifestyle, it became, it became kind of like this architecture channel. And from, from me making this video in, in London for my sister's birthday into kind of fitness videos and then into making architecture videos. And now I'm, I've got my own podcast and stuff. It's kind of been this, this crazy journey. That's just, um, it's kind of just, followed my lifestyle um, and just it's just come with me so the important thing with me is just to showcase my experiences and my lifestyle and I guess that's why the, the channel's kind of evolved in that way because it just it just showcased my experience and my journey from going um, from kind of like this fitnessy person which I still am I still enjoy my fitness I'm still into it but now it's obviously full-fledged architecture stuff architecture podcast the whole lot <laughs> And this is amazing. And, you know, I love the fact that you kind of came across the, the, this as you already started to create content and, and seeing that there is so much interest in architecture as well. And obviously it seems very natural to start filming architecture things since it took over your life when you were studying it. Um, having gone through that, I really had no other life, but just doing architecture. So I can completely relate to that. And I think it's brilliant. And now looking back at it, um, you know, obviously your YouTube mainly and the content that you create mainly is around architecture right now, mm -hmm. uh, which which is great. It's a great shift. And I find a lot of value in it as well. Um, and you launched the podcast, which is very architectural. Um, so what, what would you say really is um, what people are looking for the most in, in respect of, you know, this content? Is it to see your life that you're sharing? Or is it actually to get tips about studying architecture and specifically the, you know, the more um, the things that they can relate also back to the experience of architecture as a student? I think it's a, a mixture of both. Um, when I, when I was going through my architecture experience and I began to make these architecture videos, I very quickly realized that there's not many people out there that are really kind of open and honest and, and kind of, I guess just open about their experiences studying architecture. And I didn't really know what I was going into when I studied architecture. I didn't really see anyone on YouTube telling you how hard it is or how tough it is in the sleepless nights and the kind of stigma towards architecture. And so when I started making architecture content, I saw this kind of gap where people wanted someone to relate to someone, people, people wanted someone to look at and think, oh yeah, I, I did that or I had that late night, maybe I could do this or maybe I could do that. And I guess it's also the element of just knowing that you're not alone in that experience because going through architecture school, there's many moments where you're up extremely late and you just sat there and you feel so kind of on your own and isolated from the world and especially obviously during lockdown at the moment and it feels even more isolating and I think for me 
a lot of my content aims to give people that just reassurance that they're not alone and that, and that they are in this experience with other people and it's okay to find things difficult and it's okay to obviously have all this work and all this workload but then at the same time i try and provide solutions within my content and say though i'm up at this time and i i try and aim to do this 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 i try and organize this 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 to try and help me not have these late nights and so these aren't very kind of often and i encourage a lot about routine and balancing so i guess to answer your question, it's a bit of a mixture of both um, in just I try and showcase as much of my lifestyle as possible. But alongside that, I try and create something in my video that someone can take away from at the end of the videos and think, oh, I can apply that to my life or I can use that tip. And I think that's the important thing. I don't want to just make content for the sake of it. I don't want, just want to film random stuff and just upload it and just just do that just for the sake of it. I want to create content that can really tell a story and give someone a bit of information or something to take out of the video, whether that's a bit of advice or uh, kind of like this, this maybe um, like a tactic towards drawing or something like that, or or even if it's just reassuring someone that everything will be okay. I think I think that's important about my content. Absolutely, I think it's really important, and I really think that um, there is a lot of value that can be shared, not only from sort of like you said, giving that peace of mind, but also a lot of advice. So that kind of leads me to the second question. As you create content, I'm sure that you're connecting more and more with the community that watches it. And uh, how much uh, does that community influence the topics that you start to cover in your content? Yeah, I think, I think it influences a lot because at the end of the day, you want to create content that people are going to find useful and that people want. There's no point, like I mentioned, there's no point just creating content for the sake of it and just hope that people like it. If obviously you're getting feedback from the comment section or from Instagram that are asking for a certain type of video, I think then you can start planning and scheduling around those kind of ideas and thinking about your audience and what exactly they want. Um, on my Instagram, I try and be a little bit more kind of open with, with the community side of things and reply to people and, uh, and message people and share people's stuff and those kinds of things. And I think that's also a really useful tool to get people engaged and to really understand what people find useful and what they don't find useful and what and what they want at that period of time. And I think that that's also really important to understand context. And so, for example, if there's deadlines coming up to like a January submission, I'd, I'd try and tailor my kind of content in that month towards helping them put together their work for that submission, for example, or when it comes to June, July time, I might make a couple of videos about graduating because that's relevant at that period of time when people are graduating or maybe in, in summer before kind of September time, I'll make a couple of videos about what you should prepare before going into architecture school. So there's also things like that where you kind of utilize the context and the, and the time frame to help structure your content so that it's actually relatable and people can people can find it useful and it can also get a greater reach as well because also with creating content it's awesome and it's important to kind of get yourself out there as far as possible you want to obviously grow as a brand as a business and as a content creator and i think capitalizing on context and obviously the community and those kinds of things are really really important um as well as just obviously creating relatable content i guess Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think it's, um, it's also really incredible, the benefit of it for the career and actually mm -hmm. for the business side of things. Um, so you, you got your first job now, you said you had some experience before that was before we went live, but you said that you had some experience already in your part two working for practice, but this is like a proper contract that you got, um, mm -hmm. post graduation. So did the, did your content creation and that side of thing influence you getting a job? Uh, did you find that to be somehow relevant or? Yes, it's interesting you asked, asked that actually, because I actually, a person that I interviewed um, on my podcast, he actually worked for a company that I work for now. And so he's, I, I think you interviewed him, Stephen Drew. Yeah. So he worked for EPR Architects and he has connections with EPR Architects and I interviewed him on my podcast. Um, and eventually he got into contact with the recruitment team and, and well, I think they reached out to him and asked him if he had anyone to, to refer or anything like that. And he, he had had them in my direction. So essentially my kind of, my 
my name and my my content and the people that I knew in the community that I had kind of developed really helped me to find a position as a part one, um, which I think is really important. And I also think with content creation, it opens up a lot of alleys to add to your portfolio, add to your CV, and it gives you a, an, an edge, I guess, because it shows that you are doing a little bit extra outside of university, outside of your studies. And sometimes when I'll mention it at work, they'll be quite, I guess, kind of quite impressed that I've, I've, I've built something on the side. And I think that's really important because you, you have to work hard. To, it requires a lot of work. It's not easy to do to build something up. And I guess that just gives you a little bit of an edge, especially if you're going into like an interview and you can say, oh, I've built up this business on the side that explores this, that, et cetera. It also shows that you've got an extra or like an added interest in the architecture profession. And it shows that you want to take your career to that next level, which I think can really stand out for some people that are, you're either interviewing or if you're going on shows or whatever, it, it all builds to your portfolio and all to your name and your brand and, and you as a person, I guess, it's all about experience and, and building up your your knowledge as well. Um, and yeah. Yeah, I think you're really right. And this was really the reason why I asked that question, because I think that it really shows character. And obviously, one of the most important things of content creation is just stay, is sticking to it and not giving up. And you've been Absolutely. clearly doing it continuously and diligently for four years, which I think is a great proof of character and, and tenacity as well, which is extremely important in a career and business. And a lot of times those are the sort of um, personality traits that you can't just read in a portfolio or a CV, you know? So you might have so many people applying for jobs and there are certain things about them that you won't ever read from their application, uh, but there is so much of you online. <laughs> and yeah. um, and it's good stuff. It's good quality stuff. It shows, uh, it brings a lot of value, I think, especially for people in your age that are going through very similar stuff. But I think that anyone in the field of architecture can appreciate that work. So I think that there is something in it. And I wonder, um, are you planning to take it through your career? Like, I don't know, as you grow as an architect, get more experience, um, are you planning yeah maybe like mature your content as well and sort of, I'm sure it will mm -hmm. naturally as well, but it's, I'm curious to see how that sort of stuff can carry through the career as well. Architecture Talk Tank is sponsored by the good people at Integrated Projects, a team of architects and technologists focused on the digitalization of the built environment. Did you know that there are more existing buildings in this world than websites? Yet only 0.0001% have been digitized. In response to this, the Integrated Projects team launched BIMIT to digitize any space imaginable. Offices, homes, mechanical spaces, you name it. Now any architect, engineers or reality capture specialists can convert their 3D scan into LOD 200 BIM just in hours, not weeks or months. Why does this matter? Well, now we can accurately view, verify and quantify the spaces that we design, build and operate. To learn more about BIMIT, visit www.integrated-projects.com forward slash Sarah Colada. Yeah, I think the important thing for me is to not force things and just just go with the flow. Don't plan too far ahead. And for me, I didn't expect to be a YouTuber as such yeah, yeah. because it, you just, at the end of the day, I started, I started just creating a video in London, which I then uploaded, which I then made another one and then another one and it just built up into this and I didn't expect to be here or make content on a regular basis so i can't exactly see what's going to happen in the next few years i might i might get into a position where i don't have enough time and and energy to to make videos i don't really know what's going to happen it's just one of them things i'm just going to go with the flow i try not to like i mentioned i try not to force things i think the one of the difficult things recently with the pandemic is that before i used to vlog everything i used to vlog me going places and meeting people and obviously the pandemic has forced me to not do those things. So I've essentially, if I wanted to continue the YouTube channel, I, I was forced to do 
these kind of sit down videos and, and continue in a, in a slightly different format to what I would normally do. And I think that's been really difficult for me to adapt to that kind of style of video. Um, so there's also those kinds of things as well. So I guess for me, it's just not forcing things and just doing things that I enjoy because at the end of the day, I started this as a hobby. And if it, if in a year, in a year's time, I don't enjoy it anymore and it's not really something I'm interested in, then I just won't do it. And I, I won't put myself under that pressure to continue it because it's just a part of my life. It's showcasing my kind of lifestyle and my experiences of practicing architects. And if it gets to the point where I don't feel like I want to do it anymore, I don't need to do it anymore, then, then that's just a, a decision that I will make further down the line. Absolutely. Um, but having that experience now, do you think that it would be able to help with your career and help direct that career somehow as it grows in architecture? Absolutely. My One of my ambitions and my kind of goals as, a, as an architect or a practicing architect is to have my own brand and my own business and my own practice. So obviously having a, a content creation and alongside me studying my practice and eventually when I want to make my own brand and make my own studio obviously having a youtube channel and, and like an instagram following those kinds of things will help me at some point and i, and I know it will and I, and obviously along along this journey the youtube and the instagram has helped me along the way with getting opportunities getting into work or speaking to people like you for example i wouldn't be sat here if i didn't make youtube videos and i recently filmed a podcast and hosted a podcast for the riba which was kind of like a big thing for me um so it opens up a lot of opportunities and it opens up a lot of doors. So I think eventually it will help me and I will try, I'll try my best to kind of run it alongside my architecture studies, but I guess I just don't know where it's going to lead me down or what exactly the YouTube channel might, the YouTube channel might turn into say like a TV show or, or just a podcast or a talk show, or you, I never know exactly what it's going to lead me to. So I think it's just, going with the flow and just adapting to the circumstances as well, adapting to the technology, adapting to the needs of of the viewers and, and what the people want and, and what I enjoy, which I think is the most important thing. Absolutely, yeah. Enjoying this process is really yeah. important. So um, obviously like creating content and being a part of it, being invited to also conferences and doing podcasts and things like that, you meet a lot of other content creators. And we, we spoke a little bit about that topic of content and the need for it, but also how there isn't so much of it still. Nevertheless, there is a lot, but there is so many more topics that could be covered or also ways in which it could be delivered. Um, what is the thing that you would like to see be covered the most somehow and of course i know that a lot of it you probably localize for yourself and do it but um but on the other hand it's like also things that maybe people are looking for or other experiences that maybe we cannot provide maybe from practice experience or business side of architecture because i find that i go into content to learn also mm -hmm. things that maybe i don't particularly experience in my life and i want to know how does it work for for a person that's in a different position uh in the field that i'm interested in so i'm curious to see what you would say to that and what you would find to be an interesting uh topic for example to learn about in architecture altogether yeah, I think if you look at a lot of the content creators, you'll notice that a lot of them are probably between the ages of 15 to 25, say there's, and in that kind of age bracket, you've got your, your architecture student, your part ones, your part twos, maybe some of your part threes, you've got people um, before university and you don't necessarily get to see the, the, the kind of top end work and the directors and the CEOs and the actual, the offices, the practices, and the kind of behind the scenes work there, which I think would be really awesome if someone, someone say, who's a director of a huge company creates a vlogging YouTube channel where they walk into practice and they're like, oh, today we're doing this. This is, this person's helping me with this. We're doing this sketch because this, and we're using this software. I think that would be awesome. And I think, I think practices should obviously, I think they should explore that. And obviously a lot of practices have these, two, three minute commercials on YouTube, which show, I guess, a bit about the office and the people that work there, but it doesn't show anywhere near enough as 
I think a lot of the content creators are sharing on, online and on YouTube. And personally for me, there's almost a lack of, I guess there needs to kind of be this, this bridge kind of gapped between the, the practicing architect and the, the, the directors and the people further up the line, the actual architects themselves with the, the students and, and the people in university, because for me, it was a bit of a shock coming out of university and going into practice and, and the difference in kind of the work type and the workloads. And you don't get to actually, you don't actually learn about that before leaving university. You only know the kind of change until you go into it. However, if there was these YouTubers that showcase their experience in practice itself, YouTubers and uh, sorry, uh, kind of students will understand a little bit better about what they're getting themselves into. And I guess for me, I try and share as much of my experience as possible in, in practice. However, I can't obviously share the work. I can't share my exactly my experience because it's obviously it's a lot of professional stuff. I can't go into too much detail about the work itself because it's all professional and private and all those kinds of things. So I think if someone at the, the upper end at the architect's level did, I guess, similar things to me, I think that would be, really interesting and really engaging and I think that's something that I'd like to do and I guess to answer your previous question about me having my own practice and working and, and creating content alongside that I think that's something I'd love to do is is to really showcase the back-end work of an actual process of an architectural and of like of a design of a building and, and the stages of the design and I think it would bridge that gap between the students and and, and the architects. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think that there would be, it would be great, especially for other architects, because a lot of times we don't have the insight into how business is done as well. Exactly. And, and we have a lot of questions about it. And obviously, you know, there is definitely a, a gap in knowledge about this and you have books and things like that, but it would be great to see it from the practical perspective as well as like get that advice firsthand. Um, and I think that to me personally, like that's kind of how I see creating content in practically any industry is to be able to share that experience and basically teach someone something, right? Mm -hmm. um, and this is also why I go there to learn things that to substitute for my lack of knowledge. And uh, and I think that it's uh, it's just amazing to be able to learn from different walks of life, maybe some more advanced or things that are actually interesting to you. But in our industry altogether, content creation is not that popular. And I think that the millennial generation went on to it faster. That's also why you say um, that most of the content creators are young, but I mean, it's obviously came with technology and the, yeah. the adaptability to technology being early adapters to a lot of, um, to a lot of different, um, platforms and social media channels and all that stuff, which makes it more approachable. Uh, but from many perspectives, I see it also to be a really great business model um, to actually market your business mm -hmm. online. I have been interviewing people that have practices that have, you know, developed really great Instagram channels and also create uh, YouTube or video content of their work, explaining a little bit the concepts behind the designs and actually doing like stimulations of the buildings, um, you know, with the real sort of land and then the, the drawing on top of the video, which is really amazing just to explain the vision and everything. Yeah. Um, and uh, speaking to, to, to these people, it was great to know that most of the clients now come from these actual, from these channels. So mm -hmm. it is a way also to get um, clients and to get uh, projects essentially, um, mm -hmm. which really can be a great thing for business altogether. And I think that um, these possibilities, we touched on it before when you said about how you got the job through Stephen helping and all that stuff, but it's really about establishing that network, which networking is extremely important in architecture. We've always nourished that through generations, right? We organize all these different architectural gatherings to, um, to network mainly to create mm -hmm. uh, connections. But I think that, um, that, it's all online and it's possible to do via social media and it really helps when adding value as well in the process. This episode of Architecture Talk Tank is brought to you by the MGS Global Group, a team that provides on-demand CAD and BIM drafting as well as renderings for architecture firms. 
In today's environment, with everyone experiencing a surge in projects and staffing challenges, MGS Global can deliver your drawings on time and within your budget. So why work with MGS Global? Their customer service is exceptional and they provide quality for value. They have completed over 5,000 projects worldwide, a testament to their work. Now you can focus on design and let MGS do the rest. Check them out at www.mgsglobalgroup.com. Yeah, and, and just to add to what you've said about the kind of, the difference between social media and reading a book. Personally, for me, I'm more of a, a visual learner. I like to be interactive and I like to be engaging with different mm -hmm. people and speak to people rather than just reading a book. And I think obviously traditionally reading a book is a way of learning and, and those kinds of things. But now we've got content creation, we've got podcasts, which really dive into a lot more detail. And I think it gives a lot, it gives a different dimension to learning and sharing experience, which I think I think it's often overlooked in how powerful it is to actually just share an experience and share a story and how much that can actually help someone and how much that can encourage someone or push someone in the right direction. And for me, I've always, I've always hated reading. <laughs> so whenever I speak to architects and they're like, oh, have you read this book, read that? And I'm just thinking, no, I haven't read that, but I've watched this video and I've watched that video <laughs> because I'm, I, I engage a lot more with, with film and with, and with content and, and Instagram and those kinds of things. And obviously a lot of the millennials do as well. And the younger generations engage a lot more with the social media platforms and they obviously find themselves in, in rabbit holes down social media and all those kinds of things. So yeah, I think like, like you mentioned, networking is really, really important as well. Um, I think obviously this year has been really difficult to physically network or physically collaborate because we've been forced to kind of like this virtual world in this online community. Um, but I also think it's opened up a lot of opportunities for this virtual um, community and online collaboration to really kind of flourish. Collaboration has increased by 10% virtually. Productivity levels have increased due to the pandemic. Um, and I think though, obviously, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but though this pandemic has been really difficult. It has raised a lot of opportunities for content creators like myself to really push my brand and push my experiences and connect with a lot more people and a lot more people that I would have done before. Like I probably wouldn't have been this active on um, kind of LinkedIn and those kinds of things if probably the pandemic didn't happen. So mm. it also it also opens up a lot, of, a lot of opportunities to um, collaborate with people. And I think to continue what you said earlier about um, the idea of building up content and it helping your career. Personally, for me, I've always been quite a shy person and not really great with speaking to people. And so that was another reason why I wanted to actually start creating content because I wanted to be a little bit more confident. I wanted to, to kind of articulate myself a little bit better and speak to a camera better. And I never actually thought that eventually that was essentially practice for me going into an interview, which was a virtual interview. And so I was, when I went into interviews for jobs and sat looking at a screen and speaking to a camera, essentially I'd already practiced that because I was filming videos and those kinds of things. So I'd already set myself up to be in a position where I could go into an interview and speak fairly comfortably in front of a camera. So in a lot of other ways, content creation has actually helped me in, in other avenues that I guess I never actually thought it would ever help me. And it's, it's, it's crazy. And I know I've gone off and, because i feel exactly the same like yeah. i think i took myself more seriously before um exactly. i started creating content and now with all the work i'm much more confident as well in just taking a voice you know about mm -hmm. things i really believe in and this is really what i'm expressing right now with my new podcast it's um tomorrow's coming out my fourth episode so it's kind of fresh it's yeah. called architect online not sure if you heard of it about nice. it but, uh, you should check it out but yeah like uh shameless plug <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, but yeah basically it's been it's been it's kind of come to the point after doing this talk tank for about a year and inviting loads of amazing people like deans of universities and lots of business people and architecture architects people that are coaching architects and just various topics, you know, of business and, and um, marketing and 
uh, personal growth and everything and really realizing that um, I really have um, a lot to say myself. And I have, mm-hmm. um, with the experience that I've had running my own practice and studying and traveling the world with architecture and all the different things really when um, there came moments in your life where you start to ask, okay, because first when you get to, you know, to, to work in architecture, even get to uni, it's all really exciting. But then there's comes this point where you're like, is this lifestyle for me? You know, yeah. not everybody has it, but it was definitely my case. And I think that the lessons that I took and how I changed the path of my life and my career, um, I didn't realize it, but I, I, I think it, it was great in the respect of how I really shaped myself as a person. Um, and I never really divorced architecture. Like at the moment I don't practice, but I'm still every single day in architecture, completely mm. submerged. And, and I love it, you know, this is like my biggest passion. And it comes to a point where I realized, you know, creating all that content is kind of time to really start sharing it and also coaching and helping other people through their career decisions, um, you know, taking, like building that on all the experience of the 10 years that I've had in architecture practicing because that's excluding university so it's really interesting to also now see that as a vehicle um, to express certain thoughts and beliefs and help people as well and and it is turning into a business you know i am now making all my income through this work and it's really it's been a huge transformation and so i really think that there's so much so much to it it's the personal growth how it transforms you as a person and how when you're involved with something greater you just don't you don't think about those little details of like you know oh my god i'm on camera or (laughs) those things that before you know like used to make me timid um and i used to take it as a big deal and and now it just seems uh, natural and that's a great progression as you said it happens sort of at the back of it all like you just notice it at some point that 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 happened but i think as you move into um you know the business side of things as well um it opens a lot of opportunities for collaboration and a lot of people that are already aware of the the benefits that come with digital transformation and basically positioning yourself online, expressing your message and your brand through social media and essentially creating the right network around your product or your service. Um, there is just tremendous potential there and, and, and it does turn into an income, you know, so this is really a great factor, which, um, which I think a lot of, this is kind of my message also to, to carry through that, uh, with experience, I realized the, the potential of it, because when we look at business and we see how in the analog world, things are sometimes done, take much longer. You know, if you wanted to go and announce an event to everyone in an analog world, you would literally take months to do it. You know, you'd have to print lots of paper or whatever, whereas online, it literally just takes like that notification bell. Yeah. <laughs> you know your phone is like boom oh okay there is an event i want to sign up for it um everything is just faster and so that really comes with technology and it's great to see also like younger generations adopting it and how um how natural it feels somehow like integrating it into your everyday life i think your youtube is a great example of it yeah thank you i i try and i guess i the idea for me is just to be as open as possible. And I know you mentioned something there about how you kind of questioned what route, what route you wanted to go down. And I think as an architecture student, a lot of architecture students question whether they want to go down, down an architecture route because you get to, for example, at three o'clock on a Sunday morning when you sat drawing up something and, you, and you're knackered and you, and you sat there thinking, why am I doing this? Do I want to do this? Or if you leave university and you're going to practice and it's completely different, you're thinking, is you can, you're scratching your head, you're thinking, is this what I want to do? Or you or you're a, you're going into kind of like a crit or something, you've had a dreadful crit and you're crying and you and you're a state and you're thinking, do I want to do this? There's many, <laughs> many, there's many, many chances and opportunities to really question whether you want to be an architecture. And I think when you when we begin to discuss content creation, I think it's just another leg to architecture and another I think people don't realise how broad architecture is and how big the potential is of architecture and design and, and all of these and everything that comes off architecture you've got your graphic design you've got illustration you've got photography you've got film 
everything leads into architecture and everything is linked to architecture and a lot more than you realize. And so that if you realize that architecture isn't what you want to do, it might not be the fact, it might not be, I guess, the idea that you're not sure what you want to do. It's just, you might not have found it yet, or you've, you might not have found your road in, in architecture. And like you've mentioned about how you essentially aren't too involved in architecture, but you, you still are with your content creation. And for me, I've gone to, got to a point sometimes where I've been sat there thinking, do I want to do more content creation than architecture or vice versa in it? You're always questioning. And I think it's important for people to understand that it's okay to question, but a lot of the time you need to be patient with it to find exactly what road in architecture you want to take and what tangent you want to go down in architecture and whether that's, because you can, you can get a degree in architecture and then go down graphic design. You can go mm -hmm. into... You can go into production, you go to HR, the amount of things that architecture teaches you is, is immense. Like mm -hmm. the amount of things you learn whilst doing architecture is crazy. And you can, it can open up a lot of doors and, and a lot of opportunities. And for us, example, for, for us as example, it's opened up the content creation opportunity, which um, I really kind of enjoy. And I've, and I've considered going down the route of exploring architecture within film and exploring film within architecture and, looking at how we can express architecture as film and and those kinds of things so i've essentially tied my hobbies with filmmaking and content creation and then i started stu studying architecture and i've kind of combined the two to try and figure out like this happy medium where i'm i'm stressing and i've got all this work on but i'm also really enjoying it because i've introduced film and there's you there's lots of different ways to introduce everything into architecture and find what you're really kind of passionate about and what you want to what you want to explore within your your practice and what road you want to go down absolutely yeah i think you're right and 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 it's really great that you despite the fact that you're really busy with with work with architecture stuff that you still found the time for it because i really believe that and it really ties a little bit into like almost when you think of academics, right, they're at a university and a lot of them do architectural research. They'll be writing papers, they will be writing books, publishing. They're actually contributing to architectural knowledge altogether. It's extremely important, but they may not be practicing architects, right? Yeah. They might be professors. And it's like a huge percentage, huge chunk of architects go into teaching and academia. And I just feel like, what I did personally is I kind of started to treat my this show even as a research study because a lot of times like whatever intrigues me I'll ask these as experts and over time I'm getting so much education for myself but also this is just a great um, way to kind of I don't know if I, well I do know because I've got statistics on my YouTube but like people sometimes binge watch it maybe not as much as I wish but I think that it doesn't even show how much value there is in these conversations unless you watch them all back to back. Um, but there is just tremendous learning experience. And that's really incredible because I think that if you were to specify that type of content in the topic that you're really interested in, as you, for example, choose your niche in architecture and you say, okay, I'm really, for me, it was natural building that like completely swooped me off my feet. And I started to learn how to build with earth and really gone into practice with that stuff. And I love architectural heritage and anything to do with preservation and working with natural materials. That's kind of my thing in architecture. When I practice, when I design, I only want to work with these type of things. Mm -hmm. And, um, there is loads of people that create content just relevant to this. So anyone who would ever want to build potentially an earthen building, they would go and just deep dive into so much knowledge about this. And so this is also where that kind of other level is where when you find your passion in architecture, you can add tremendous value to this whole you know, knowledge and, and everything that we share that architecture is not just building practice, but so much more, and you can do it through content. So I think that um, there is a huge potential for practices and architects actually sharing their journeys and also their research in this form, not just publishing articles, but also mm -hmm. using video for that. Yeah, for sure. And I think you even mentioned there about how you learn so much from talking to these people and doing these episodes. You're also sharing these episodes as well. So you're learning and other people are learning. So mm. it's just a win-win really. You're, you're learning yourself and other people are learning, which is what people want. That's, that's, I think that's one of the powerful things about content creation is that 
whilst I'm making my videos, I'm learning, but I'm also teaching other people at the same time. So it kind of is a bit mind blowing when you think about it in more detail and when you actually really dive into it. Um, yeah, it it's is, kind of meta cool. and it's great. I think it's it's really kind of. 21st century way of of doing things you know instead of gathering lots of surveys and analyzing it in numbers and then writing yeah. extensive papers on it you just have it there on youtube basically exactly um, and even when i'm like practicing and i'm working i'll have a, a podcast on in the background and i'm always listening to a podcast so i'm i'm doing my practical learning on the screen and typing away or doing modeling or whatever but then i'm also listening and i'm taking information in through a podcast so it's like i'm i'm double learning and it's i'm going i'm taking in all this information obviously a lot of it doesn't actually go in because i'm too distracted doing whatever but you, podcasts i think are really influential as well that's why i dived into the podcast space myself um mm -hmm. and with my with my podcast i try and keep it as broad as possible so that as many people can get involved as possible and really kind of gather as much information as humanly possible because i think like you mentioned you have to find your passion and your road in architecture but i also think it's important not to narrow yourself down to just one or two things because architecture is so broad you've got your opportunities to learn as many things as possible and i don't think you should just be narrow-minded and just say no i just want to learn this or i just want to do that i think it's important to involve get yourself involved in everything and get just getting a taste of everything and picking things up tasting it and moving on and do you know what i mean it's it's important to really immerse yourself within architecture. And I think as a practicing architect and an architecture student, that is the most important thing is to really immerse yourself in it and understand, kind of tick off, cross off things that you like and what you don't like. And that can really begin to tailor your experience and tailor your, your career. And that's what will, what will really be important further down the line. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I probably know the answer to that question, but one of the last questions I'll ask is once you have this successful YouTube channel and it is it's growing and it's great, really, why did you decide also to do a podcast that has different content to what you put on YouTube? It's interesting because like I mentioned earlier, I, I was kind of this quiet person who didn't really enjoy talking what I enjoyed it, but I was always so nervous and anxious to talk to people and talk in front of people. I was always that kid that in, in an English lesson, if they were reading a page per student and she, the teacher would go around and pick someone to read a couple of pages, I'd be literally under the table hiding. I do not want to read. I do not want to speak in front of people. And if I knew that we had to do a presentation in front of the class, I'd be absolutely just a mess, just so anxious and stressed. So when I got into the content creation kind of scene and and I got really immersed into it I thought you know what why don't I just start a podcast and for one it can really provide value to people it, it can add an, an extra dimension to my content it can add an extra leg to the things I do but also it's for me the main thing was taking that step out of my comfort zone and putting myself out into the world and really learning how to speak to people and communicate with people um and I think that was the most important thing for me. It was a, it was a really big thing for me. And I still get really kind of stressed and anxious and nervous going into every podcast that I do because I think because I'm so conscious and I'm so cautious and I'm, I'm so kind of caught up in wanting to do better and be better and really do as best as I possibly can. I get so anxious and stressed about it that I just want it to be perfect. And that I think that for me, that is one of the most important things is just to continue pushing myself and learning. And that is why I went into the podcast space. And I think I've always been a big advocate for podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. I'm really passionate and interested in them. And I think it's a great way to, to learn things. And it's a great way to gather experiences. And it, again, essentially, it was an extra dimension to my content. And that was essentially another reason why I wanted to go down the podcast route. But the main thing for me was really tackling what I was always fearful of as a kid and, and putting myself out there because I knew if I didn't start tackling my fears in, in public speaking and talking to people and communicating with people, it was never going to happen. So I needed to do it at some point. And I felt that it was at the start of my third year. It was an opportunity to get my foot in the door with it. Podcasts were becoming a huge thing and they were growing. So I thought, you know what, why not? This is the time. Dive into it. This will help me further down the line at some point. And I'll be able to be more confident speaking to people and communicating with people, which is really important in, in architecture. And it's one of the most important things is to 
to communicate and to network with people and yeah brilliant yeah it's great so um if people want to follow you and they don't yet where do they find you yes yeah, so my instagram is tom rose studios um so essentially on there i just showcase kind of the behind the scenes work that goes into a practicing architect to try and um kind of showcase highlights of my youtube channel and my podcast on there and my podcast is called the student podcast so it's fairly straightforward and then my youtube channel is just thomas browntree um so yeah make sure you like and subscribe <laughs> absolutely i'll leave the links also below this video and update the, awesome. the live broadcast with the links as well so you can guys just click below the video and follow thomas and also if you're watching this video somewhere else but my youtube channel go to sarah colata and subscribe uh because we're doing this talks twice a week on tuesdays and thursdays at 5 p.m central european time and that's 4 p.m usually sometimes a bit later depends on the guests as well but around that time 4 p.m uk and um, click the little bell for notifications as well so you can always get notified about new stuff coming out on youtube so thank you so much thomas really for joining me today it was a great talk really easy yeah, th talk. yeah thanks very much yeah thank you it's awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, and we'll see you around. Bye. Bye. <laughs>